Welcome to the Guernsey Press Arts Podcast, a podcast about the arts in Guernsey, produced by the press and presented by me, Simon Delarue. In this edition, we'll hear from the St. Peterport Sketch Club about their extended exhibition at the market buildings. The act itself of sketching is a, a sort of act of helping you remember as well, because through the act of drawing, you kind of always remember it uh, later on, all those little details um, that you probably otherwise wouldn't have. We'll meet up with Russ Fossey from Guernsey Arts for one final discussion of the 10-year plan for the arts and find out about his own adventures in artistic expression. I've really enjoyed the bands where we were uh, playing with original material. You know, back in the early 80s, Limbo supported Thin Lizzy. That was a real highlight for us. And we'll drop in on a new regular poetry evening set up by a group of young local devotees of the spoken word. It's like a sharing of emotions and an understanding, but also a sense of relief. You can express things through poetry that you can't in other ways. That's all to come on our 16th and final edition of 2023. If you go down to the markets today, you'll see the work of these guys. The St. Peterport Sketch Club has a large selection of works on display at the George Crossan Gallery, and it's been extended until Friday the 5th of January. I went down there to meet the club's founder, Charlie Hodder. So the St. Peterport Sketch Club started uh, through an interest in St. Peterport, but also out of a desire to get people out of the office and away from computer screens and drawing, drawing the town. And how did your own interest in sketching begin, as opposed to, say, painting? So I trained as an architect, and um, when you go to architecture school, they um, encourage you to start your own sketchbook. It's a form of uh, recording your ideas and um, observing the things around you and learning about the built environment. I actually went to, uh, to college in, in the south in Portsmouth University and we used to go to uh, Winchester and Chichester and to all the Roman towns to draw the buildings and the, the public space uh, around the buildings. And is it fair to say that normally sketching is seen as a means to an end? It's one of the part of the process of a painter, it's part of your work as an architect, but here you've got examples of how it can be um, an end in itself. Yeah, sure. Um, you uh, only get good as, um, as an architect through observing carefully the, the buildings and uh, taking drawing inspiration and, uh, and ideas from that. Um, but that's not to say that all of the people who are part of the St. Peterport Sketch Club are architects. Actually, very few are. Um, it's perhaps organised by, by architects. But most of the people are um, just everyday folks. So um, we've got... Um, um, people of all age groups and all, um, all professions. And so um, you, we are here at the uh, George Crossan Gallery in the inner street in the Markets Building in St. Petersburg. And uh, you have your exhibition here, which has been e extended. Uh, tell me about how that extension has come about. Guernsey Arts, who uh, have uh, provided the grant for the gallery, um, were uh, so keen on, on, the, uh, on the exhibition and there was availability for us that they've uh, offered to extend it into the new year. Uh, so we were initially here to, for uh, three weeks, but um, we've uh, extended it to, to have a six-week run. And it's free, of course, for people to, uh, to come here and have a look around. Um, how long is it now running till? What, what date does it finish? Uh, up until the 5th of January. So we're above the, the street in the market. 
Okay, so uh, would you like to take me to one or two pieces or, or just to take me through the, uh, the exhibition, say a few words about it? Yeah, sure. Um, the gallery or the exhibition is arranged uh, by location. So um, what happens with the Sketch Club is that we um, organise it through WhatsApp, uh, social media. Uh, so uh, there's uh, over 100 people in the group and we send out a little invite every week on Thursday evenings from May to September, when, they, when you've got sufficient daylight, um, to meet at different uh, locations around the town. So we always start off in the Market Square, which is the sort of civic centre of, of the town. Uh, and then we go to the town church, um, go to Mino Plateau, and it works out to all the different um, key public spaces around around the town. Okay, so I can see that the the exhibition starts here with images mainly of the uh, the town church itself, and then we've got um, the um, a little f further afield here. We've got uh, images of the, the top of the high street, street there, Turnsmith Street. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, over here, then we've got the, the quayside. So uh, if we go over to some of the images of the, the quayside here, um, tell me about one or two of the, uh, the sort of treatments, as it were, of this, this, uh, this particular scenery and, and the, the people who have brought these about. Uh, well, the, the, the quayside is, is one of our most popular locations. It's the kind of iconic view of St Peterport, really, the uh, view of the gabled... Um, warehouse buildings fronting onto the onto the seafront. It hasn't really changed for hundreds of years, and it's still the thing that makes the town special. Um, and you can see a huge variety of different drawings. Um, you can see some kind of quite rough and sketchy ones here, which are done with a kind of soft pencil or a charcoal. And then there's some sort of finer line drawings here, and they're sort of picking up. Uh, the different roof uh, rooftops and the, the chimneys, and then you've got uh, the spires in the in the background of St James, and um, the town church. Obviously, I can see Notre Dame in the distance there. And then, if we move on to the next one here, which is uh, Mill Street. I mean, I see an example here of one that features the octopus legs coming out of uh, Art for Guernsey, uh, which is uh, something a lot of people will remember uh, from earlier in the year. I mean, that, that strikes me as uh, being evidence that this is not uh, simply a, a, a pastime for your members, but also it's a way of recording um, a snapshots of our town that can be uh, preserved. Are you planning to preserve these? images uh well we put them onto uh onto social media we, we kind of always post them and we, uh and so they kind of get recorded in that sense um we don't have a website or anything like that but um i guess a sketch is supposed to be something quite kind of um uh temporary so, you know sketch isn't really supposed to be a finished artwork or anything like that it's really only something normally which exists in somebody's sketchbook and uh it's there um in case you want to refer to it again but the act itself of sketching it kind of is a, a sort of act of helping you remember as well because through the act of drawing you kind of always remember it uh, uh, later on in all those little details um, that you probably otherwise wouldn't have. And, uh, how many members have you got now in your sketch club? Um, I think we've got, uh, last time I looked, there was um, just, just over 100, although there have actually been quite a few inquiries um, just through having the exhibition in the market. There's been a lot more footfall coming in to see the exhibition than where we previously were. 
um, in previous years. Um, uh, but, uh, and then on an, on an average evening, we'd normally get kind of... Um, starts off with like maybe about 10 or 12 people at the start of the year but by the end of the year it seems to pick up and um, this year we had something like 35 people come to one of the last sessions up at Hopeville Yeah, that's quite a good number and so if uh, somebody listening to this is thinking oh this is something I'd like to get involved in how would they go about uh, have you capacity for more, are you happy to have more and, and how would they go about joining uh, Yeah, it gets a little tricky at the end of the evening if we're going for a drink but uh, yeah, no, we're always happy for more people to join um, because people are, are coming and going all of the time. Um, but uh, if they want to get join the Sketch Club, um, the best thing to do would be to um, uh, email me on my email address, which is on our Instagram page. It's uh, also in the in the uh, press article, uh, but it's that's um, Charlie at ccd-architects.com. Excellent. And um, so this is running till the 5th of January. And then you're taking a bit of a break because you say May, May to September that you're, you're going out and about. Do you, do you tend to keep sketching or does your work uh, uh, involve enough sketching as it is? Yeah, it's a bit more of a summer activity because you, you, know, you want warm weather and, and the daylight in the evenings because we always do it after work. But um, we, we sometimes do uh, the evening sessions. We recently did one at the, um, at the Royal Court. Um, so if we've got key buildings, we're going to try and do one at Hopeville House, at Victor Hugo's house, um, that sort of thing, just to keep, uh, keep people fresh through the winter. St. Peterport Sketch Club founder Charlie Hodder there speaking to me at the George Cross and Gallery above the inner street in the market buildings. A really fascinating array of styles on show in that exhibition and I was too busy gassing to take a proper look so I'll definitely be going back there sometime between 9 and 5.30 Monday to Saturday between now and the 5th of January. Staying in St. Peterport, a new regular gathering has been established with the aim of giving local poets and writers an opportunity to perform in front of a live audience and indeed an international online viewership. I went down to the atmospheric cellar at J.B. Parker's to meet some of the young Gurns behind Night Voices, just minutes ahead of the first of what is intended to be a monthly series of performance evenings. Sam Hearn, uh, event organiser, poet host um, so tell me sam uh, how has this event come about so it came about from uh, at first liberate um had asked me to organize a kind of small poetry sort of night at the delarue and it went really really well and i think um tim had also approached me poor before that about the idea of something combined you know because obviously um i do the sneak away spoken word stage at the Vale Earth Fair and I'm a poet myself so um, it just made sense so uh, we decided to all meet up uh, and it's kind of just sort of grown and we've I mean we're just really happy to have this amazing space um, really the the JB Parker's Celebar and that's really how it's come about and I think it's just a sort of combination of the you know arts and that sort of poetry and the sort of emotions that come from that and also the sort of mental health and sort of the kind of support that um, uh, Tim's Tim's project uh, is also looking to do so it just works really well together. 
Hi, I'm Tim Rowe, I'm founder of World Wolf and a poet myself, um, and also sort of event organizer with Sam, Holly and Emma. Um, this has come around after three years of writing anonymously online as at the World Wolf. Um, so our, our business was born from poetry. Um, so I reached out to Sam, I think it was at Rockane Regatta, I think, mm -hmm. and dropped my card in there and then he sort of reached out and we met up. And for me, poetry is actually, um, was sort of my savior in sort of mental health and releasing emotions uh, safely online. Uh, this is the first time I've, li I've performed live, so it's gonna be interesting. Um, but I'm looking at Sam and Emma, and I think they'll get me through. Uh, so you must feel like you've come sort of full circle in one sense. And if, explain how your business was born out of poetry. So um, for three years, I, I was sort of writing on this online. And last year, it was about eight to ten hours a day, I was working online with poets from across the world and um, helping them release their emotions through poetry. Uh, I was running collab competitions online and every sort of week there was another competition and releasing so I was writing a stanza and they were finishing it and um, so the amount of work that we saw and actually we're getting things like suicide notes coming through on this poetry as well so there was a lot of conversations that we're having and uh, then I met my business partner Sonia, uh, Sonia Mills and she's a psychotherapist and I'm a coach and we got talking and we asked the question of how do we prevent one more life being taken for suicide and that delved into me selling my house and launching Wild Wolf as a business which is offering psychotherapy, counseling, coaching in a different way. And our business is actually formed of reframing everything into conversations and releasing it. And we believe community and arts are actually very powerful in that. So Night Voices is is something that is really sort of my heart. Um, I wanted to bring poetry to Guernsey. I've been talking to Guernsey Arts about it. So when Sam reached out, I was like, yes, let's just go. What, what can we do? Um, and I'm hoping to sort of grow this as, as much as we can to sort of bring this community together. And uh, how has it come about then that you have um, there's so many people watching tonight's proceedings uh, around the world and how many people will there be, do you think? So we've got 5,000 people on, on my, my following. Um, there were people dialed in onto the radio when we went on there, on BBC Radio recently, and I was receiving a lot of um, good press about that, especially Sam's voice. And um, apparently that was quite a famous one now for, for some followers. Um, so if we go live stream there will be people watching and um, followers are from india canada america across the uk and i actually write quite a lot with those as well in collaboration um one of my closest ones is actually in german uh, germany um, and we write regularly in collaboration there um doing some pieces together whereas we write one stanza she writes another um which may come out tonight um it's a bit fairy fairy and wolf but we'll, we'll see if that comes out tonight but I'm a back house. I'm an event organiser, host, poet. Um, I also run um, the spoken word stage at La Beltane in Sark. And how did you get involved in uh, in, in this uh, particular event? Ah, uh, Sam, again. <laughs> uh, no, so I help with Vela there as well. Um, so I got to know Sam uh, well through that. And uh, we were sort of running a lot of errands <laughs> uh, and sort of started talking uh, about poetry. I've been writing poetry and uh, Sam helped me establish um, the platform for La Beltane as well. 
um, and so it really came out uh, of co- just conversations, a sort of passion for poetry and wanting to bring that and make it more accessible uh, to more people um, to sort of take maybe a bit of the stigma away of like sharing and standing up and, and speaking. And it just like for me anyway, it's been a really useful tool to help me process what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. Um, I was joking today with my friend, all my poems are depressing. <laughs> it's always me processing things, but um, it's just being able to just get that out there for as many people as possible to access and use and also enjoy and just have a really fun night as well. Um, yeah. It's something very uplifting about a sad poem, isn't there? Because do you, do you, somebody else feels yeah, it too. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a sharing of emotions and an understanding, but also a sense of relief. You can express things through poetry that you can't in other ways. Um, so it's really helpful just as a as a release to get sort of through those emotions and let them go, perhaps. I'm Lupin Vivian. I'm a local artist, poet, person. I got involved because Sam um, and I, I've just always been writing poetry ever since I was like tiny, probably ever since I could form words. They, I was babbling some kind of poetry um, because as an artist, I'd like to do make images and sort of bring things together that might seem a bit odd together, which is one of my favorite things. I love writing about weird things like taxidermy and uh, my experiences with schizophrenia because I'm schizophrenic and also lots of things like that that should be taboo, but kind of make them sound fun and you know, less taboo than they should be. So I think it's just kind of bringing energy to subjects that people think are maybe too dark or too depressing. Um, And yeah, just kind of bringing joy, but also awareness and also maybe a little bit of depressedness sometimes. (laughs) And what are the elements of expression that you find through poetry that perhaps you won't find in other art forms that you are involved in? I think, although they say that like a, uh, a picture can paint a thousand words, you've still got a thousand words, could do a lot, you know. I think it's really great to talk about things in terms that people can understand, because a lot of people can get a very subjective view of a pi- picture or a painting, whereas like you are saying what you mean, and it can't be taken quite as indirectly or subjectively than art, like, well, visual art. So I think if you're saying something, this is how you experience it, you can't really take it another way than what you know you're expressing yourself truly with language as opposed to nice pictures and admittedly i do just pretty much draw dogs at this point uh for people <laughs> hello i'm holly thorne um and i'm involved in the organization and the design of the graphics and i'm actually a songwriter and i dabble in poetry <laughs> as well sometimes <laughs> Uh, so as a songwriter then, uh, I suppose you've got a lot in common with the performance of poetry, perhaps even more than written poetry, because when you're performing poetry, you know, enjambment goes out the window, there's a performance element to it that you must feel more at home with this kind of, um, or I imagine, with this kind of uh, method of poetry rather than the written word. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a bit closer to that, but it is quite different as well. So it's it's something that I enjoy exploring from time to time, and I find it quite a different. It's a very different medium for expression, but I'm involved because I I guess I believe in the how powerful words are and how powerful connection is, and I think that we that as a group of people, I think we wanted to create something that would connect like-minded people around the island with this kind of with this art form as well as with themselves and with with how they feel and um 
I'm involved because I, I really love facilitating that kind of thing and I think it will be really, really exciting to, to see it grow, hopefully. And speaking of it growing, uh, Sam, this is the first of these events. Uh, those listening now will have missed it, but uh, are you planning to hold more? We are. We haven't got uh, any confirmations of dates yet, but January is looking like the next event. Um, we've got a Instagram, Night Voices Guernsey, and then a Facebook, the same, it's the same name. So um, that's where people can find more information about us. And we're hoping to, you know, get some footage of some, some poets as well. So you can see, probably get a chance to see a little bit or get a bit of a taste of what the, the night has been like. Uh, and then maybe, you know, if you, you don't have a chance to come down t- tonight, um, then you'll get a chance next year. Sam Hearn and his team at Night Voices speaking to me at JB Parker's earlier this month and their next performance evening will be on Thursday the 11th of January. Those of you who have heard a few of the previous 15 editions of the Guernsey Press Arts Podcast will be familiar by now with the voice of Ross Fossey, the Head of Arts Development at Guernsey Arts. He helped us to launch this podcast when he appeared on our first edition and revealed the then imminent publication of Guernsey's 10-year plan for the arts. And with reliable regularity, he's been talking us through the pillars of that strategy ever since. Well, that process ends right here, with Russ explaining the last two pillars and then, as you'll hear, sharing something of his own journey within Guernsey's arts scenes. Uh, so, Russ, uh, in our continuing exploration of the, uh, the nine pillars of the art strategy, uh, what can you tell us about what the strategy says regarding digital? Well, um, digital is really important in terms of the overall strategy. Um, And I think we identified really early on that it was important that Guernsey Arts had a strong digital presence. And also the island was able to be represented with a strong digital presence. And um, that's taken the form initially uh, through a... Guernsey Arts website, which is arts.gg. And that website is a place where you can find out everything about Guernsey Arts. But more importantly, it's about the arts in the Bailiwick. And there are opportunities, there are places in the website that highlight, um, we'll, we'll start with the calendar of events. It's really important, I think, that we understand uh, how many events happen across the islands um, from uh, galleries, gallery exhibitions, we're in a gallery while we're talking today, through to, to, to music events, theatre, dance, to the festivals. Um, and actually, when you pull them all into one place, which hadn't been done before, lots of people have tried to do this, but never achieved this. When you pull this into one calendar, it's a really strong calendar of events. And it then becomes uh, a calendar which is helpful to the audience. It's helpful for venues to promote their um, activities, obviously to the artists, but more importantly, it's also a really strong asset and tool that can be used by Visit Guernsey and Locate Guernsey. And we're really pleased that particularly Locate Guernsey and Visit Guernsey are picked up on the website and they use, they're constantly posting, feeding people back to the website to see how wide the activity is there on the calendar. So that's a key part of that website. But more importantly, we've also got um, links through to all the major organisations in Guernsey. It's a one-stop shop where you can then go on to the, uh, the individual organisations' websites. Um, as we do for venues, 
Um, and um, we've also started to um, put our exhibitions into our website. So there's a digital legacy of the exhibitions we do within our website. Um, so I, I guess what you've got there is, is a one-stop um, uh, digital hub for everything that happens in the arts in the, in the islands, um, for the local population, but also for the, the wider world. And um, it's it's been up and running for, um, for a while now. The, the that, that particular website. Now, yeah. Have you got any plans for any further evolution, or have you kind of reached the area where you want to be? No, I think what what you've, you're right there. We've it's been up and running nearly about two years now. It was one of the first things we implemented with uh, strategy. Um, there is a phase two that we've got planned with it within uh, within this for digital, and that's that's more about. Um, more content that we can put into the website, e.g. videos, uh, maybe gallery tours, um, which we've, we've, we've not really explored properly yet, um, and uh, basically more digital content. I mean, we're moving towards where digital is a big part of the arts now itself. Digital artists um, are, are you know, more, more prevalent. Um, now, that's phase two. It requires some funding. We haven't got that in place at the moment. But yeah, there is there is a there is an opportunity there to further uh, enhance the website and uh, and give more opportunity to for the audiences to to uh, enjoy the wider arts that happen in Guernsey through digital content. And you know that supports lots of things like people may be looking to come to visit the island, looking to find out more about artists, or actually um, for some people that may not be able to access. Um, live, you know, live theatre, or or come to a gallery. There's an opportunity to access some of that through the website. And so that's the uh, the digital uh, pillar of the, the art strategy. That just leaves one. Actually, we've been speaking about this uh, since you revealed at the beginning of the year that you had your art strategy uh, together in our very first episode. Uh, and so there's just one more pillar that we haven't spoken about yet, uh, which is governance. So uh, what what is that all about? Well, it's really important that Guernsey Arts is a charity. We receive funding from the government, from private, from private people, and from the public. So it's really really important that an organisation like ourselves, and indeed all charities have really uh, strong governance in place and um, Guernsey Arts has you know we've got a very strong board um, which is led by Stephen Ainsworth as the chair um, the board is really really active and engaged with 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 the Guernsey Arts team um, but it's really Im important that we, you know we've got all our governance in place where our accounts are, are prepared and audited every year and um, you know, you can trust Guernsey Arts in terms of the money's coming into them are well looked after, well maintained. We have a strategy, we have a mandate, um, we look after our staff um, and everything is in place. And I think really what we're trying to say there is that you can trust Guernsey Arts in, in terms of uh, any monies that come into Guernsey Arts. And more than that, um, we are a very frugal organisation and that money, the monies that come into Guernsey Arts go an awful long way to support the local community. Well, thanks very much, Russ, for taking us through uh, all of these uh, various elements of your strategy since the beginning of the year. It has been an education for me. It has been quite an eye-opener as to the breadth and scope of, uh, of the art strategy that you've been working on for quite some time, prior even, to, obviously, to its uh, publication. Uh, but we've, we've heard a lot from you about that art strategy throughout the year, um, but we haven't heard an awful lot about you as uh, a participant in the arts. So what, in what ways do you find yourself able to express yourself uh, in the arts realm? So, so um, music's my thing. 
Um, and I play drums. Uh, I've played drums since I was I left school. In fact, I bought my first drum kit with my first wage packet when I left school a long time ago. And what, what uh, drew you to the drums of all the instruments? Uh, well, the, the normal thing that one of your mates plays guitar, one of them plays bass. If you buy a drum kit, you could be in the band with us. Right. So that, that was the starting point. That was with, with Nick Windsor and Brian Loring back in, what, 1975. And what uh, was your first band then? Uh, so the first and it was Witness. It was called Witness. Right. Yeah, so quite. Did a time you get ago. gigs in that in that band? Yeah, we used to we used to gig it. Um, we we used to do some of the. We were Vocamp boys, but we used to do some of the college gigs and uh, community halls back in those days. Um, until we were old enough to play in the like in the pubs, Saint Helens. People remember Saint Helens and. Um, yeah, White I'm, I'm old enough to remember that since yeah, it is now. Yeah. Uh, then the St Andrews Hotel. Absolutely. So, um, and then other bands that followed, presumably? Yeah, so through to, blimey, a load of them. Witness, this is Witness, Limbo, Alias, Track Record, Vandercan, Usual Suspects. Um, yeah, it did through the years. Um, lots of different bands, uh, some cover bands, but I really enjoyed the bands where we were. Uh, playing with original material, um, you know, back in the early 80s, Limbo, supported Thin Lizzy, that was a real highlight for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of the arts and drumming, I think one of the things I've, I've found um, most warming about this is it's the friends I've made along those years and I catch up with people that I might have seen, not seen for 20 or 30 years but the interest in music um, means you know your friendship has stayed really strong through those years even when you don't see people um, so personally drumming you know that, that's been a real friend to me through my life but what I'd also say from my role in Guernsey Arts from the perspective of Guernsey Arts is um, Guernsey Arts we do a lot of events ourselves but we also support the community and many other individuals and organisations in putting together their own events or projects. Um, and that, I think that's where I get... Um, that, that's, that's, the, that's the piece that, that I enjoy most, that helping people um, achieve their ambitions to the best, to the best they can be. Um, and that's our aim. And uh, supporting the community to do great stuff for Guernsey. And um, we're blessed in Guernsey with so many individuals and organisations that um, contribute to such a vibrant arts community in Guernsey. And we play a small part in that. Um, and that's um, myself and the whole team get take a real pride in being able to do that. Head of Arts Development at Guernsey Arts and experienced drummer Russ Fossey there speaking to me at the George Crossan Gallery. That's all for this edition and indeed this year here on the Guernsey Press Arts Podcast. All of our previous editions are available to stream on your chosen podcast app. And of course, you can keep track of Guernsey's many faceted arts scene via the pages of the Guernsey Press six days a week by buying a paper or by subscribing digitally. And the latter is a good move if you want to pay less and see every page in full colour. I'm Simon Delarue. My thanks to Head of Multimedia Tony Kerr, who has patiently edited and produced this and all 166 Guernsey Press podcasts to have been released this year. My thanks also to all of our interviewees over this first year of the Arts Pod, and most of all to you for listening. Get in touch if you have a project you think people should hear more about. We'll be back in January. <laughs>